Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Well, hey, Church Online, just awesome being with you. It's so fun having Chase and Lisa up here. We're actually live recording right now Thursday night, and we invited our staff and directors to be here. So can they give a quick shout out? Yeah. Hence the reason why I was wearing a mask most of the most of the time and I'm so thankful for these masks you know this one happens to be felt though so it's really really hot um, it's double layered so I know I'm extra protected hey wherever you find yourself as you're watching this I would love for you to grab your bible and turn to Mark chapter 4 that's where we're going to be tonight or or today wherever you are tonight for our directors and staff but Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to be in just a moment and We've been in a great series um, called The Ellipsis, and we've been talking about um, just different types of the moments, using these object lessons within our, within our sermons so that you and your family could go grab something, go, go partake in that. And, and we really would encourage you to participate not only um, during the sermon through the chat box or anything like that, but also after the service throughout the week. That's the idea is that we would take these God ideas, these God concepts to, to our everyday living. And so last week, my wife did an incredible job on Mother's Day, talking about get out of your head. And so we had many women submit us um, emails. I, I, think, I think there was even some men submit some emails for a free book. And so we were able to give out this book. And, and I'm going to quiz you right now. So get ready on the chat box. If, if you can remember the first the message that started with the blank. If you can fill in that blank, I will give you this book. If you put it in the chat box, and I'll give it to a director right now if they can remember. The what? Oh, come on, somebody. Well, no, no director knows that. So they, they're too busy chatting in the boxes listening to the sermons. See, actually, we talked about the rock. And if you remember that, we talked about the rock and the importance of that and and brought that lesson to you, and it was um, just uh, really reassuring. It was awesome seeing all the activities and painting rocks and doing all that, which was um, truly amazing. Um, so, so whoever won that, we're going to get you this book. We want to gift that to you, and it's really helping a lot of people really stay sane in this season. I also want to just start out with just some praise uh, today. So Psalm 100 says this, Enter your courts with thanksgiving. Enter your gates with thanksgiving. Enter your courts with praise. And so right now, would you take a moment and just write down one thing that you're thankful for? One thing you're thankful for in the chat. What's something you're thankful for? Shout it out to me. Family. Family. Come on. Health. What else? Job. Come on, man. Everybody's thankful for different things. And, and it's important for us as we've seen, to start out with some praise, to start out with some amens, to start out telling, telling about what God is doing in our life before complaining about everything that concerns us. And how many know there's a lot of things that concern us right now? 
There's a ton of things that concern us. There's, there is, there is your, there's your job that concerns us right now. There is, um, some of us are concerned about haircuts. You know, anybody concerned about haircuts? It's amazing. I, I've, I've never seen so many wife barbers in my life, you know. It's incredible. I, I decide to just go rogue with it. I, I only cut the sides. That's all I do. That's it's. It's beginning to be a mole, and I'm really excited about it. But we're concerned about haircuts. We're, we're concerned maybe about bills and our bills stacking up and, and how are we going to pay them. We're concerned whether we will have a job if, if, if we don't right now. And we're concerned if the economy is going to come back. I know many of us are concerned whether or not... Um, we're going to get back into letting our kids go to daycare. And how's that process look like? Do we, do we just drop them off? Do we give them masks? Do we, what do we do with our kids? We're, we're concerned about that. We're concerned with um, just, just coming back to church and whether we re- regather and when do we do that and what time do we do that. I was concerned actually setting the church back up this week. Uh, so we decided to do a crazy drive-in service. And we took out all of our gear out of the church, and we were on ladders cutting it out. And, and when you have about three or four people and your adrenaline's going, you knocked it out in about an hour, got everything out. Well, to put it back, I've been, I've been concerned putting it back all week, and so we're almost there. So come check it out Thursday for a live recording. It's going to be awesome, and you'll see the church back together. We're, we're concerned. We're concerned about so many things. Um, and, and I just, I, what's concerning you right now? What are you concerned about? What, what is bothering you? What is capturing your thoughts and your thought life? Uh, what, what would be worrying you right now? I, I really hope that worry is, is low in your life, but maybe for some of you it's, it's a little higher than it ought to be. It's amazing how the enemy's biggest, one of his biggest distractions in this season is for us to run to worry. In fact, that's what he wants of us. He wants us to run to worry, to, to sulk in that and to really sit there. And, and Jesus was amazing when it came to worry. He gave the disciples and the people he walked with real life application. You know, there, there was this moment in Luke 10 where there was these two women um, serving Jesus and, and they're serving him differently. One is concerned about the meal and prepping and the kitchen and making sure everything's happening and concerned not just with that, but worried that her sister isn't helping her. I think it's fascinating in this season is we're always worried about what other people are doing and their behaviors. Am I the only one? I'm, I'm just concerned with that. I'm worried. Why, why are they doing that? Why aren't they protecting? What are they doing? And, and, and we're constantly judging different situations. And here Martha is judging Mary for not serving. But Jesus said this. He didn't say, oh, she's, she's being irresponsible because she wasn't. But where was she? She was in the better place. She was in the place at Jesus' feet. You see, I may be worried about the person who's not wearing their mask in a restaurant. I may be worried about if my kid touches something and then, and then picks their nose and then licks it, right? I mean, come on, somebody. I'm worried about that. I'm worried about that. But, but the thing is, am I, am I truly moving myself it's fine to be worried about certain things or concerned or cautious in certain areas, but, but where do we need to place ourselves in this season is really what I want to talk about. 
I want to talk about where are we finding ourselves in the season? Are we finding ourselves at Jesus' feet? Are we finding ourselves where, where the kingdom becomes bigger for us than everything else that is plaguing the world right now? That we'd have a kingdom perspective, a kingdom perspective. Now, I want to, I want to frame this up for us a little bit. In Mark chapter 4, it talks about the kingdom. And I feel like that we need to reframe our perspective of the kingdom in this hour. Because there's a lot of things catching our attention that's not kingdom. So Mark chapter 4, verse 30 through 34 says this. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. Jesus was bringing a framework for his disciples in the midst of difficulty. You, you might remember, I mean, the Roman occupation, right? You, you, have, you have different different things that are happening within that society. There's so many different pressures that are happening. Or you have to pay certain taxes and you're overtaxed in some extent that you can't um, necessarily freely worship as, as you would want to. That there was different different pressures and and Jesus had to come in and he had to reframe for the disciples everything that they that they thought was accurate and it actually took him three years to reframe it for them that he had to spend three years constantly with them reminding them and talking often about the kingdom the first thing I want you to know is that the kingdom of God is real the kingdom of God is real. And, and this is important to note. Now, if you're like me, I always had a hard time with that language, kingdom of God. You see, I don't know what it was. Maybe just being a kid, it was like something that you couldn't see. So I, I understood, I understood, you know, um, governments. I understood earthly kingdoms. You can see those. They're, they're tangible. But the kingdom of God was just such a mystery to me, such a mystery of what that looked like. In fact, I, I didn't even really want to talk about it that much because it, it seemed weird. If I talk about the kingdom with my friends or talk about the kingdom, you know, at, at some event or some party or whatever it may be, that just seemed strange. And yet Jesus, that's all he talked about. He talked about the kingdom of God and it was it was definitely equal to this is that the kingdom of God represents you and me on earth. The kingdom of God is simply that it's the church. It is the church here on earth that the kingdom of heaven would come to the earth. And it says this in, in Matthew 633, it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek the kingdom. This is what he is instructed. And then he goes on and tells them in Luke 17, because they're confused. Where is this kingdom? What does it look like? I mean, are you going to overthrow? Is it a physical kingdom? And then he says this in Luke 17, he says, the kingdom of God is within you. 
is within you. It's, it, it one, it one translation would say, it's in the midst of you. And then the King James Version would say, it's it within you. Meaning this, it was both and. It was, it was Jesus is the kingdom and he's right there in the midst and he's also coming to be within you. That that's what the kingdom is. Jesus alive in us. And here's what Jesus says in this parable is he likens the kingdom to a mustard seed. Now, have you ever seen a mustard seed? Uh, I mean, I know that some of us have. It's really, really tiny. I have a, I have a little glass vial of this. Um, so this is a mustard seed, and it's, it, they're so tiny. In fact, if I opened this, they would scatter everywhere. I wouldn't even know where they would go. That, he says that this, this is the smallest seed. He actually um, uses the Greek word um, for an agriculture seed, meaning it's the smallest of the agriculture seeds. It's the smallest one that you would actually plant to grow to produce something that you could eat off of, that you could reap. And, and so the kingdom of God is real, and the kingdom of God is likened to a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on, on the earth or in the garden. And, and small things sometimes come in, in big packages, right? How many people are short out there, you know? How many of you are 5'8 or below, right? Anybody 5'8 or below? Anybody 5'8 or below in here? I see some, I see some hands. And, and that's me. And, and so I had this, this small man syndrome. And because I was so small, I had to, I had to work harder so I believed. I had to, had to keep going and keep making it happen. It was like this competitive edge that was built inside of me. Because I was smaller, I was going to do greater things, you know. I love stories Zacchaeus. He's small, but he's going to do great things. And, and I think, you know, the mustard seed is amazing because I think it's a little competitive, you know. It, it has a little small man syndrome. When it gets planted in the garden, it actually becomes the largest shrub within the garden. So much so that it provides shade for, for, for people and the birds. And this is, this is incredible. And so large and in charge. Large and in charge is what happens when a seed is planted. And this is what happens with you and me is that you may not have small man syndrome like Ben Chapman. And you may, you may not be doing this, but I'm telling you, when you take a look at the kingdom and you realize that it's real and you invest it in and you are aware of it and you start seeking it, what happens is you say that I'm believing something so little can be so big in my life. I believe that, that this kingdom that I've heard about and this kingdom that has been taught to me about, I believe that I'm going to invest in that kingdom. I'm going to seek it. And when I do, it's actually going to be provision for the other people around me. You see, this was amazing about the bush. It was provision for the birds. It was provision for shade. It was provision because it was planted. And this is the kingdom of God, is when you invest and seek the kingdom of God and is planted, it's going to be fruitful, and there's going to be provision within the kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God is micro and macro, meaning this. It is both for you and not for you, right? So we, we've heard this said our whole life that if there was only one person, it was just you, and Jesus died for you, he would still come, and he would die for you. 
It's a very uh, personal relationship. You see, Jesus is personal. The kingdom is personal. The kingdom was this moment where you came in alignment with Christ and you surrendered your life to him and it started growing inside of you. It's micro and God cares about you. It's why at Luminous we say that, that you can make a difference, but it's also macro, meaning that it's not just you, but it's collectively the church. And we've seen as the church gathers and the church grows, we see that it provides more substance, more shade, more benefit for the people around it. You see, that's why I miss meeting up here on on every Sunday because it is something powerful when the church comes together and we start rubbing shoulders and we start celebrating and we start seeing what God can do. It, it, It becomes this macro thing. And right now, sometimes in our quarantine life, in our life in the house, we feel like it's micro and, and sometimes we get a little defeated. You know, it's, it's amazing when you're, when you're isolated from community, when you're away from other people, when you're away from your church and the people who encourage you, what happens is you, you, depression comes in and anxiety comes in and worry comes in and then you get concerned with the wrong things. But when the church is macro, When the church comes together and everybody jumps on the Zoom call right after this service, the Zoom lobby. And when we start meeting here once again, there's going to be this challenging and sharpening of one another where we see that the kingdom is macro. And a kingdom that is planted becomes large. It becomes large. You see, if it was just me, then it wouldn't be that great. But it's more than me. It it, it changes family trees. You see, when you start seeking the kingdom, start investing in the kingdom, it'll change your children's children. It'll break curses off your life when you start seeking the kingdom. It's going to start doing incredible things. All of a sudden, the poor will be taken care of because you are seeking the kingdom. We see that the widows who, were, who lost their husbands and lost their wives, now they're finding comfort because a macro church, the kingdom is coming around it. We see that racial divides are dissolved within the kingdom. You see, when we see the kingdom, we see racial divides dissolve. We see that control is lifted off. And how many of you have been trying to control your own life right now? When you seek the kingdom, it's just lifted off of you. Where you realize, I don't have to be in control. I don't have to be in control of every single situation. I seek the kingdom and I serve a God who is sovereign, who's completely in control. You see, addictions become afterthoughts when you seek the kingdom. That all of a sudden you forgot that you were addicted to whatever it was, whether it was some screen or some substance or whatever it may be. The the more you seek the kingdom, you even forgot that you were addicted to it. You see, this is what God does. He moves us into better thinking, to knowing him more. Matthew 6, 28 says this. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of field grow? They do not labor or spend. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? 
For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. You see, it's amazing. When you seek the father and you seek the kingdom, you're going to see that your needs are fully met in his presence. And that your needs will be fully met at a micro level and a macro level as the kingdom grows. I want to pray for you before you get off and you leave today. And I want to pray for anybody who's dealing with any, anything that's concerning them that's not their responsibility. Anything that's concerning you right now. Maybe it's something that's concerning you and it's, it's something very real and very tangible. And you just feel like evil is creeping into your house. I want to pray for you because I'm believing that God is going to press that back. You see, the kingdom of God presses back the devil, presses back oppression, presses back attack. So I want to pray for you right now. Could you posture yourself and position yourself as we just begin to ask the Lord to just do something miraculous right now. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that the kingdom of God is alive and active. Jesus, that the kingdom, although planted as a mustard seed, grows to be something amazing and the fruition. Lord Jesus, I pray that if there's anybody who's watching right now who has not planted the seed of faith. Lord Jesus, have not sought the kingdom, but they want to, for the first time, seek Jesus and respond to your calling. I pray, Jesus, all they would do is call upon the name of Jesus, turn from their ways, and trust you. And they will be saved and the kingdom will be established and grow inside of them. And Father God, for anybody who's worried and anxious and depressed and fearful and wondering, when's this going to end? And just being concerned about so many things. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, God, as you are sovereign, as you are everlasting, would you come right now and meet people in their living rooms? Meet people, Lord Jesus, right now, whoever's calling out upon you. Jesus, I pray that you would touch them and you would take away fear and depression and anxiety and worry. God, I just pray for those who feel unloved right now. God, I pray for the unlovable. God, I just pray, Jesus, that you would wrap your arms around them, that you would remind them that they're loved, that they're chosen. God, that you absolutely know them and that, God, your thoughts are towards them. Even as they sleep tonight, God, your thoughts will be upon them. Your thoughts are towards them. So, Lord Jesus, I just pray for that. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, Luminous, thank you so much for joining us. Director, staff, thank you for being here. Come on, somebody. Hey, we can't wait to see you next week. We love you so much. Join the Zoom lobby right now. It's going on. You'll enjoy it.